everyone, welcome to week four of our tripod. I'm joined by three guests, uh, two from the Isle of Man and uh, my trusty co-host, Niall Cooney. So we'll introduce them in a minute. But this week is going to be called Manx, not Manx, but spell M-A-N-X, not M-A-N-C-S, if you get the pun. So going straight into it, uh, I'll introduce Niall first. So Niall, you're acting as co-host this week. How are you doing, mate? Um, good mate, how are you? Just hi lads, uh, still currently at Southport, just cracking on. Uh, um, played with these boys, obviously. We've uh, also we've also got so that's perfect. Cheers for that, Niall. That's that's what uh, a good co-host should be doing. Yeah, um, bringing it on to the next people. So we've also <laughs> got <laughs> we've got Joe Corkish. Hi, uh, you're right. Uh, name's obviously Joe. Um, I'm twenty. Living in the Isle of Man, playing at Douglas Rugby Club, uh, playing hooker. Yeah. And we've also got Miguel Costa as well. Hello, my name's Miguel, uh, 19 years old, playing second row at Douglas Rugby Club in the Isle of Man. So, as I said, this is going to be really based on um, the Isle of Man and Manx rugby. Um, just in your words, boys, so you, you two can have collectively like a, um, a discussion about this. Uh, what's the rugby like in the Isle of Man? Uh, you know, the standard. I know Douglas, um, I don't know what division they're in now, but I'm, presu- I'm well, I'm presuming that they are still in a high div- division. Am I correct? Yeah, so obviously before the season got cut off last year, so like you know, there's been no rugby in the UK since uh, last March. Um, so we, we go away every weekend and play games. And then as we play games, the teams come over to the Isle of Man and play a game. So it's, in essence, it's like a mini tour for the, uh, the UK teams. Yeah. Um, and it is a good weekend. Like when we go away, obviously it's an early wake up call. It's about, about half six, seven o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, getting on the plane for about eight, nine o'clock in the morning, going over to wherever we're playing, whether that's Stockport, whether that's Wilmslow or anywhere like that. Um, playing at two and then getting back on the bus at half four and going straight back to the airport yeah but um, it is it is a really good it is a really really good vibe yeah what uh, what division are Douglas in is it uh, it's north one west so I don't know what level that would be um, I feel like it's level six or seven mm. Yeah. In the uh, kind of in the pyramid, but I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure. Well, me and Niall were trying to work out the different levels. You know, like how it actually all works. Oh, yeah, that's one thing it. I've never, never really learned. So I, I didn't know it was literally split down as like. Uh, so you have your Premiership, then you have your your Championship, then you have your Nat One. Nat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I didn't know it actually was that that kind of thing. I know there's different strands of like Nat One and stuff, and but in an essence, it's still very. Um, there's like a clear pathway like that. I thought it was a bit more complicated uh, than that. Uh, level six to twelve is like regional league, so I think that's what it'd be in. So I think yeah. we're level six, um, and then like three to five is national leagues. Yeah. Uh, level two is the championship. Level one's the prem. Yeah. Just a little. I I believe for Nat two you've got Nat two North, and then you've yeah, got you South. Yeah, yeah, and you got yourself. And then you yeah. go to yeah. then you go to Nat One, but then that's all over the country. Yeah, I think Nat Two yeah. North, Nat Two South, just breaks it down a bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and kind of saves the saves the kind of the the, the pressure on the financial side. Yeah, um, sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, perfect. So, uh, 
Migs, you you do you want to add a bit of input as well on onto uh, the rugby in the Isle of Man? I mean, yeah. Um, obviously, I've not had the chance to go away because whilst Joe was away with the team, I was still at Kirkham. Um, but I've played some games in the Isle of Man, and I mean, you know, it's not the highest standard, but it is still pretty good standard. I mean, everyone likes to get down on the weekend yeah. and play rugby, as Joe said. Um, the social aspect as well, you know, it, it has a it's a nice tight group as well um, everyone gets on with each other we all have our game uh, if there's any issues in the game it's there we leave it on the field and then we go into the club and we have a few drinks and stuff and it's it's always a good battle on the field I guess yeah it's a big community isn't it big big community it is massive yeah because like I said everyone sort of knows one another um, you're kind of playing against your mates every week yeah I was going to say that it'll be a, everyone knows each other um, yeah. And it'll kind of have a bit of, because um, so like us over here, if we play against someone we don't we we don't like, I guess you know on the pitch we we all have that one player we just can't stand playing against, um, yeah. or whatever. Um, I play against you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. <laughs> oh, oh. Um, perfect. So just to talk about because I don't know if there's anyone you know like young listeners uh, from the Elderman. We actually in our last one. Um, we actually got like a five percent uh, listen in the Isle of Man, um, and that weren't just you, Corkish or thing. I think it was like twenty people from the Isle of Man listening. Don't know, you know, I don't know. But um, just talk about a bit of like the process. So, if there is any young players thinking, because I know, you know, Blake's brother. I know he he wanted to, but you know, like I, I don't know. You know, there's there's got to be a lot of people coming through. I know, Joe, you've got your brother as well. I don't know if he's coming up to to that age and stuff, but uh, if there's anyone listening about, uh, I'm just wondering about the process of how you came from coming from the Isle of Man to coming over to like well a prestigious boarding school, which it was, you know what I mean, a but uh, you know prestigious rugby school, uh, like yeah, Kirkham. Um, yeah. So when 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 me, when I when I and Miguel were my brother's age, my brother's fifteen at the minute in year eleven, so his GCSEs. Um, we never had um, anything like sale uh, DPP over here. Um, yeah. It was only when when I went away that stuff started developing, which isn't a bad thing at all because um, I got to where I am now, uh, which I'm happy with. But since I went away, they developed a, a DPP program with sale, uh, which I now I'm fortunate enough to coach in. So um, I get to see some of the, the talent that's coming through. Um, and we are we are getting a good good number of young lads who are developing at better rates than they would have done. Like you said, um, uh, Blake's brother, my brother, a uh, couple of lads their age are all doing really well. They all went away for like um, kind of like academy days mm-hmm. uh, with Sale at Carrington, um, which from what my brother said, uh, really enjoyed it. Um, but yeah. Um. So, what was your process, Miguel? How how did you come from? You know, I remember you coming round on your. Well, it weren't really an in, 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 in induction day as such, but I remember you coming round. You know, for a look around. Uh, yeah. But how did it come from? You come from the Alaman to to making that decision to come to Kirk uh, to come to Kirkham. Basically, Kirkham first came up to me. Um, I think it was there was a, a meeting like a, they had they had like a meeting at a local rugby club. And I remember, I think it was the old captain uh, at the time, was it 2016, uh, Dolph Blackwell. He was he came for a talk with uh, Trent and um, 
who else was there who came down? Uh, an old, another old PE teacher who I think left the school by the time I was there. Um, they came down, had a chat with everyone, got a few people interested. So the likes of like Nathan Pope um, and a few other players who I can't really remember now. But um, they all came down, and uh, that's what got me really interested. So obviously, at the time, uh, I was still sit- I wasn't really sitting my GCSEs, and then um, I passed my GCSEs, and then. I think Blake Snell, he got in contact with me saying, oh, we have a opening, uh, Trent's interested in seeing you. So I was like, you know what, I hopped into the chance and um, came over to the school and from what I saw, I really enjoyed it. What I, I liked the schools and um, also trying to really explain the whole rugby criteria to me quite well. And I thought, why not? It improved the game that I'm, I like playing. So I thought I'd give it a crack. Yeah, it definitely makes sense, doesn't it? If you, you have got a love for the sport. Uh, you know, kicking on and trying try to make something into it, do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, definitely. I think also, I don't, I don't know if you like, if you agree with me this, uh, everyone can have an input on this, I think when you do come from like, so like Kirkham, it gives you like a, maybe a step up, not just for the rugby, but it kind of in the whole, well, in the whole kind of world really, because it kind of just gives you that kind of, um, what's the word I'm trying to think you know sustainability so they look at it and go well, well I actually say, I, I was just gonna like you so think of it like obviously just in terms of rugby for myself you see the the word name Kirkham on yeah. like your rugby CV as such it's like the pedigree like you've played with top players at top schoolboy level yeah. you've been trained yeah. to that degree so you can you can hack it pretty much so mm-hmm. it's always a good thing to carry around with you yeah yeah, well, even I mean, like even coming from the Isle of Man, it was a massive. I'm sure it was the same thing for Joe as well. Like coming over and then the first like week of preseason, it's like a massive eye opener because oh, you're yeah. like so far behind on everyone. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I'd, I'd obviously played. I played with um, at Cheshire at under 16. So when I made the transition from year 11 to year 12, um, I knew some of the boys. Uh, who I was playing with, so uh, you like your Joe, your Joe Shields, your mm-hmm. Cal Green, your, um, and I knew Spencer Cope and Nathan Pope from the Isle of Man anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so the transition for me there was a lot, a lot easier than, than it would have been if I hadn't known anyone. Yeah. And I feel like that would have been the same for Miguel, as obviously Miguel knew who I was, Miguel knew who Blake was, um, and there were a couple of other Manx lads there as well at the same time. So it it, it because you know people that are there, it makes the transition so much easier. Yeah, for sure. Um, do you think also, just going off on the point that you have, so, you have, so the Isle of Man does have a lot of lads who do come over and who have made it. Um, I know there's, I can't really think at the top of my head, I know there's a prop. Who, who was the prop who? Uh, Phil, Phil Grindle, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's a, there is a lot of like um, established players, do you know what I mean, who, who have, you know, so Joe, you played North of England. You know, you you've done really well. Makes you you you've done really well. You know, with Kirkham and everything. That it's kind of for the younger players coming forward. Do you see yourself more like a role model now, where you're like trying to sell it? Because I, what I always find, so with my mentoring, I've always got these lads. So these are only like yeah, I've got a few like year tens. You know, who are coming through who are really good, and I'm always quite swayed to try and push them to Kirkham or to like some sort of like school like that because. It gives you like 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 I said before, it's like a step up for your rugby. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. I'm I'm the same. So like I said, I do the sales coaching and uh, like the sevens coach on the Isle of Man. Um, so like I said, I do see a lot of boys coming through, 
and obviously at the moment with the current kind of climate of the UK like with Covid and stuff um, it might not be the right time for people to go away Yeah. but um, I do know two lads who I'm not going to disclose who they are I do know two lads who have had interviews who are going uh, or going to go and look at Kirkham in the next six months that's, September for six months, so that's perfect. Um, yeah, I feel, I feel like they've they've had that kind of insight from either myself, from either Blake, from Spencer Cope, from Nathan Pope, or any of the lads who are currently at school now, mm-hmm. um, and they've had an insight into what can happen. So yeah, for sure. Um, just another thing, what I wanted to go on, which I haven't included in my in my script, was about you know how does the Isle Man uh, team. Yeah. How does how does that get set up? How does that form? How how's that addressed? Is it just literally every good, you know like a good player from each club, or is it like a criteria that has to fit? At the minute, we haven't actually got a 15s team. Um, we have a seven squad. Yeah. Um, which it it is good. The play like we like I said, I've I've done the coaching with with Chris Brannigan and uh, George Blackwell with it. Um. And we had been entered into a load of competitions between February and June, but obviously, like I said, COVID just cancelled everything. Yeah. Um, and we were meant to be going to Roslyn. We were meant to be going to I think Northern Sevens. Um, I think it was I think it was called Bishop Sevens down south somewhere. Yeah. Um, and and a couple more. Um, but yeah, we do have a seven squad, but it doesn't accommodate for some of the lads, like the bigger lads. Like I'm not a sevens player. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think any of us are in seven players. No, no. <laughs> um, so yeah, it doesn't really accommodate for the bigger boys, but it is a really, really good setup that we've got over here at the minute. Yeah, yeah. I was always wondering that just how it was like set up because there was a few lads at, at Kirk and who were involved with it. Um, yeah. So I just was wondering how that how that thing up. Okay, so. Last thing, and then we'll start to move on to uh, some more, you know, funny things. And yeah, this has been quite a bit serious for the first segment. But why would, like, in your own words, so why would why would you go to Kirkham? Like, what what sold it for you? So we, I know we got the rugby. I know you had that kind of social aspect. But just like just a couple of words of why you would go, and then now you can actually address this as well because you've been there the longest. God makes you go. Basically, just for experience as well. Um, you know, coming across to play rugby with some, you know, like really, really good schoolboy, like a really good schoolboy rugby level, as well as like finishing off A levels. Um, you know, different people, different faces. So trying to get to learn new people, and um, it was just a really nice environment all together. I mean, the rugby, you know, even if you mess up on the field, the pitch, players will help you, the coaches will help you, and I mean. I just thought that I found it very beneficial for my rugby development now, and um, very grateful for that. So, all in all, the experience was of it was fantastic. Yeah, awesome, uh, Joe. Yeah, same again. Really, um, all about kind of like personal development. Like I had a couple of people like George Blackwell and Spencer who I spoke to prior to going, and um, they kind of gave me an insight for it. And like I said, I knew uh, like Calgarys, I knew. Uh, Nathan Pope and a couple of other lads that were there um, and they gave me a bit of an insight prior to going and it, it has developed my rugby it has developed my social life um, I've met friends for life so 
yeah, no, it is it is really good, and that's a, a good reason to go if you're looking to do anything like that. And uh, finish off with the uh, the master himself at Kirken. Um, <laughs> rumours are. Still. Rumours are he still lives there in the boarding. He just hides from everyone. I do, yeah. I didn't actually live in the boarding room. <laughs> right, go on. So, now you're well. so Just in terms of everything, not just rugby, but just a new life experience, as the lads touched on before, and I think Jones has touched on before, you're going into a big, you know, like, yeah, a massive pond, but you're a small fish, and, like, a load of big personalities, and it's not like it was before. Like, you go in, and... As good as it is, you almost like you feel like you're up against it, but then you're constantly learning from new experiences, and then you make friends for life. So in my first couple of years, I had the pleasure of sharing with uh, Popey and Dougie, and both strong characters on the pitch and off it, and you just you learn off them, and you learn off people around you as well. And then surprisingly, like or or not, like you learn from players younger than you. you there's always something to learn in a you know, a thriving environment such as Kirkham in boarding and on the pitch. Like you're like we're talking, you know, the Wednesday contact sessions, you're always putting everything into it. And then then when you just sat at tea, like with the boys, and then after everything's said and done, you're having your chat, but then you know you've gotta oh the bell goes, then you've got to get to work and there's just all these different components that, you know, carry with you after, as I said, in rugby and then out of it. Yeah, I think it's um, like it, it's skills for life as well, which is quite big. Yeah. It's not just the rugby; it's that kind of thing. Right, last uh, so a couple more things, and then we'll we'll go to the intermission. So, in in your own words, okay, uh, and be kind of careful here. I've I've told you what what you can can and can't say, but just just a couple of maybe stories that kind of sell. Kirkham was like, oh, well, not even Kirkham, but anywhere the rugby over here and stuff, and some experiences over here. Um, so yeah, just some like stories that you can remember really off the top of your head. So I did one the other week about where I decided to go diving on the first team pitch naked, and someone stole my clothes. So yeah. you really get, you, you, yeah. <laughs> that was yeah, and then Barry was, oh, oh bugger. Uh, <laughs> oh, so, uh, <laughs> Yeah. So then you, then I had clip to, it, yeah, clip it. I'll clip it. Yeah, I'll clip it. So then, uh, yeah, then then the head teacher, um, nearly seen me then coming out the. Uh, well, I was like hiding behind a pillar. Um, so yeah, in your own words, uh, what what are some stories that are really like stuck with you? I'm gonna have to think about this one. Um, oh, wow. It's a difficult one, isn't it? Niall, do you want to go first, mate? I was just, I was just gonna say, is there any stories from tour that might jig your memory? I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah. I was never on tour. You got any? I wouldn't know. Yeah, I've, it's quite funny. I thought it was funny anyway. Go on. Um, yeah, so we were on tour in, uh, did Hong Kong, New Zealand, Australia, and we were, I think, was how many nights did we spend in Sydney? Like three or four. Think so, yeah. We were in Sydney for quite a while. Um, so when we were in Sydney, I got into an argument with my mate Dave, and uh, he was going, going, oh, something about drinking water, and I was like, right, it's a pointless argument. 
And I said, oh, I bet you can't drink three litres of water because I knew that you, your stomach can't take any more than about three litres. And uh, he he just chomped down a whole bag of, like, uh, spicy Cheetos, so red Cheetos. <laughs> and uh, he ended up drinking two two-litre bottles of water. And then he comes into the room, like, five minutes later, and he's going, oh, oh, I feel sick. And he just threw up red, like, water <laughs> all over the bathroom. And then a uh, lad called Joe, a lad called Sam both got involved and did the exact same thing, and the toilet was absolutely stinking. Oh. And because the, the Cheetos were spicy, you could, like, literally feel it going up, you know, it was awful. Oh, oh. lovely. One thing I can remember... Um, which includes Migs, where me and Whoa. Niall <laughs> decided oh, to tie you up on a chair in your. Was it in your room? Yeah, it was in your room. It was in my room. Yeah, it was in his room. Yeah. And yeah, now the little snake decided to say, "Oh yeah, you can use my spray." And I, was, well, I thought it's his spray, so I was like, "Oh yeah." I don't know why we tied you up. It was your spray. I was like, "Was that why we tied Niall. you up?" Yeah, and then also you you messaged um, a certain. Ginger names won't be mentioned. Oh yeah, oh yeah. The, the, the yeah. one who's in, the one who's engaged. Oh. oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. that's what it was over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Jesus, I remember this. It just clocked in my head then when you said Ginger. I was like, damn. Oh yeah, you are. You're a demon, Miguel. <laughs> but, you know, the thing is though, like we, we we tied him up to the chair and we tied him up pretty good. No, yeah, you couldn't get out. And then we'd decided, like, dress you up then for a rugby, put your head guard on, put all your tape on. Gum shield. And then it just gets all, like, just, like, like smacking you. I don't even know why. Just funny, isn't it? Um, I heard a belt and I was like, oh, no. Right, anything else? Any kind of uh, thing? So, Migs, have you got any kind of... Um... Oh. I think it was in the, within, within the first few weeks, like, I had heard all the people, like, going, oh, yeah rooms tipping and all the stuff but I was like I didn't think much of it and then I think um, I went into Balka's room the floor man the famous floor man and his room was just like I don't know, like a bomb went off in there so I was thinking what the hell and then everyone just walked in and there was a shoe tied to the roof <laughs> <laughs> I remember seeing that and I was like oh my god but we all knew who it was certain small guy with like you know really someone who got into someone's yeah. head yeah <laughs> got into someone's head got into people's head really well and um just looking up and you could just see his little grim like, little <laughs> smile on his face I was like bloody yeah. hell oh, what the hell did he get up oh, man. speaking of the foreman uh, do you remember Christmas dinner oh. when we were all sat in the old hall having Christmas dinner and um all the upper six kind of like left and left all the lower six in in the, in the hall, um, and we all went up to your room and <laughs> took the mattresses off your bed. I so we, took every, oh, yeah. we took everyone's mattresses and threw them all on the floor, man, and then proceeded to get all their belongings and throw everything in the floor, man. That was I, that was mad because I remember them because we went downstairs and we were like. Because all the upper six were like, yeah, yeah, we're, we're like we're fucking amazing with this, yeah, yeah. And then we went down, and then Trent turned around and went, right, I got to go now because I'm showing, I'm showing a uh, new lad round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, 
I just remember everyone like literally storming upstairs to sort out the rooms, and then, <laughs> and then was it was it Jordan? Oh yeah, it was. I can say his name. It's fine. Oh, Jordan went skits. Yeah, he did. Absolutely crackers. He was like, boys, it's just not on. It's just not on. It's just not funny, is it? And we're all sat there like, yeah, it's fucking hilarious. What are you on about? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that one time I saw him going mad. That leaded on to the fish night then. It did actually, yeah. I I wasn't there for that. You weren't there, and you probably missed one of the funniest nights ever because I stayed in Joe's room. I know. I wish I was there. Yeah, you did. I was fucking hell man for this. I remember messaging Jonesy saying, "I have my room been tipped," and I wasn't like, "Thank God." That was that was disgusting because the one thing I can remember is so that person with curly hair who we spoke about. um, I remember walking into the foreman. And so, so, so all the so just to put like reference to what happened, the lower six decided to put fish all over everyone's like rooms. Like there weren't anything in the in the in the cottage, which I was really surprised about. But it was in like, uh, it was in Kelly's room, Cal's. It was all like all the way it was down. Under the beds though, it was underneath the slats in the bed. It was disgusting. Like you could smell it. Yeah. So then we decided then to take it. So we, we decided to take it, and then I remember walking in. Uh, we were like scaring all like the lower six and like in my in our old room, Joe, like scaring all them in there. And then I remember walking into the foreman, and uh, Jiggins is literally sat up, like just staring <laughs> at nothing. Like he just literally woke up, and then you have, um, oh, I'll just say it, we had pots then, just literally slapping him across the face with some fish. <laughs> And Joe and Jiggins were just like sat there. And was like, what? What's going on? He still like didn't like process it. He was getting smacked by fish. It was like two in the morning or something. I thought it was early, earlier than that. I thought it was uh, like four or something ridiculous like that. Because yeah, we had school the next day. I don't know. But funny. Go on. Uh, so Niall, have you got any uh, stories to finish on? To be honest, I feel like. The majority of funny stories it's stuff I've covered before on podcasts previous, Fresh. and then like in general stuff like you know the fish night that I wasn't even there for represents and stuff. Fair. Well, we're gonna, we are going to get on to we are going to get on to ball and rugby dinner in a bit, so you can leave maybe if you've got some ideas for that. Um, but yeah, you have addressed it quite a lot to be fair, and you have been there the longest, so actually you haven't got an excuse, really. I've gone about like, um, time I've gone first room show Cooney in a hotel like. Jesus. You are. No, what a night with Cuny. Remember that? Um, was it? Uh, was that like one of your first weeks there? Yeah, we went down. We went down. We went down um, south to Norwich. Norwich. Went Norwich. Norwich oh, yeah. yeah. And then, I mean, you. Yeah. <laughs> you got to take some. I had the, uh, I had the privilege of sharing a room with Mr. Cuny himself, so he thought he'd give me an insight what boarding was like. And all I just thought was like this 130 kg lad jump on me while I'm sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> I well, thought the bed broke, like, yeah, I, I genuinely thought it broke, like, I was like, oh, no. A lot less and, than 130 kg now, so, I don't know what you say. <laughs> Back then, though, you were massive. Yeah, no, I was. You were massive, I was like, oh, no. That's awesome. Right, one, right, so we'll finish on, for just before the intermission, one word, so just say one word that describes your rugby experience so far, in just in your in your career. Surreal. Surreal. Nice. Yeah. Ooh. Exhilarating. Exhilarating. And then Miguel? Uh, privilege. 
Perfect. I like that. I like that. See, finish on some nice little bits there. Right, so we'll uh, we'll stop for the intermission and then uh, we'll have the well, you'll be able to listen to the advert for this week. This week's podcast sponsor is called Revolution Hosting. Make sure to check them out at www.revolutionhosting.co.uk to make your own website or even set up a new domain. They have high servers tailored to all your needs and some amazing features that they have is they are secure that provide a top-notch security infrastructure. They have 24-7 technical support. They're customizable with a full access to a cPanel, reliable, fast and easy to use. They also have affordable pricing, so for a starter it's only £2.60 a month, ranging up to an advanced, which is £11.60 a month. They are highly redundant servers with also a backup, and here's my testimonial. We've been hosting our website with Revolution Hosting for around a year now. The service is great and never fails to support us with any issues we run into. So make sure to check them out at www.revolutionhosting.co.uk. Hello everyone, welcome back to our week four tripod podcast. Um, so in the first half we were talking a bit about Manx rugby um, and talking a bit about rugby in the Isle of Man and some of the, how, how really the process works and how you get over it. So really in this final one, this final like maybe 20-30 minutes, we're just going to talk a bit about what happens at rugby dinner, some things about ball. We have addressed it in some uh, other podcasts but I just want different um, you know ideas and different opinions on it. Um, and then we're going to talk about a bit of nights out from comparing over here to the Isle of Man and then we're going to talk about uh, a bit of uh, development in both Miggs's and uh, Caucasus' game then. So first off, so rugby ball, what's your thoughts on it, what's, you know, any kind of thing what stands out? I can remember a lot of things but let's hear it from you, I bet Niall does as well because that's when he lost his V-card but yeah. Um, <laughs> What 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 kind of things? <laughs> yeah. Um, obviously, I've done two of them. I think Miguel, you only got one, didn't you? Yeah, correct. Uh, oh, gutted, mate. Um, no, so I remember first one. Um, <clears throat> we uh, the, what was the theme? The theme was like um, first one was just fancy dress. Fancy dress was it? Yeah, because yeah, I went as. My, my mate Dave, my mate Dave was gonna go as a copper, as a policeman. Yeah. Um, but he ended up. We ended up going to this fancy dress shop, and he he got a, a pig outfit and just a police hat. Yeah. And after ball, he was just kicking about um about after ball in a bloody pig outfit, <laughs> which, I, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, I, think, I think that was the year you went to sumo wrestling night or something like that. Or a rest. No, I, I wait. 
Who went in the sumo wrestler? You no, you don't. a boxer, mate. I'm lying. You went as a boxer. Something like that, yeah. Well, oh, yeah, a basketball yeah. player. I had these weird shorts on. Oh, I thought you were a boy <laughs> shorts on. I, what did I, come I went as uh, Pamela Anderson off Baywatch, but with uh, yeah. the pubes yeah. hanging out. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I still got that as well. Um, it's in the it's in the yeah. Well, there's balls just the West one in it because you, you you start drinking at like twelve o'clock and then you've it's such a such a filled day. I think you mentioned it last week. It's such a filled day. Yeah. Like you're in school and then you finish your lessons at like twelve, one, two, three o'clock, whenever you finish them, um, and then you straight out to do uh, fitness with rugby because our coaches are just kind of a bit tough on us like that. Oh, yeah. When, we, when we've got no reason to be doing fitness on a Friday in the middle of June, <laughs> uh, and you get absolutely like ruined at that, and then straight back inside quick showers suited up that was my favourite part of that it was the yeah, bit coming in um, no it's good it is really really good it was my favourite bit coming in having the showers everyone's got the bevs out That's, that was the best yeah. do you know what really stands out to me on, on that day um, is yeah. that we decided so everyone was drinking which was fine because they did the turn around to us and say that's fine at a certain point when all everyone went home and stuff so that was fine but why did we put all the bottles in Evan's bed uh, because he wasn't there he didn't do ball first year why was he not there uh, I think because of a certain oh. current ex-girlfriend right okay ah. um, that's what I remember yeah. I remember lifting up the slack because I went oh where are we putting I, these after we finished and then someone turned around to me and went just put it in there <laughs> and I remember lifting it up and it was literally yeah. it was full I think we counted them and there were about 150 bottles in the bed <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty funny and then second year I don't really remember an awful lot because <laughs> I died pretty early on yeah you I, I if if you remember but yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> see I, I preferred see I, I I preferred second year ball over first year ball can't, I can't comment oh. that's <laughs> just second because was really good I, I don't know I don't know I just I just could I just thought it was a bit better I don't know might just be well, me. Well, my first ball was pretty good. One experience that was. Well, that was our our second one, wasn't it? It was good. It was I, like yeah. it's a once in a lifetime opportunity to do something like that, really, isn't it? Well, I, was, I was just gonna say, just like as Jones was saying well, before, like it's almost like the rush of everything just makes it so much better. And, like you're getting ready, you're getting ready with the lads. I don't know what it is, but oh, the, the, with the, lads. the weather was oh. so good. Oh, oh, oh my god, god. it was I good. Smashing football before it, we were just getting tanned. yeah, it was like 20 odd awesome. degrees all day. It was mad. Like I burnt really bad, like, really, really bad. <laughs> yeah, because you went on the sunbeds as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. Little yeah, Casper you know, White we decided to that, go yeah. on the fucking sunbeds. No, it was I good. think it makes it better when you're on like lower sick. I think because like you've got no exams as well. Because all you guys were in exams, I think, during that time. Yeah, no, some, of, June time. Yeah. some of us finished. Like, I, I finished my exams. My exams ran from the 14th of May to the 14th of June. So I had like yeah. a 10 day period between finishing exams and ball. So that was literally just like the funnest week of my life. It yeah. Was so, yeah. It was so good. Especially, especially for us lower sick lads. Like we had, I think we were like studying leave because we had marks, but by the time it was like literally marks finished in May. So like there was no point of us going back to school. But, in board and I remember just the weather being so nice and we had like um 
we had a South African exchange over, so we just thought we'd take him everywhere, like went Preston, Liverpool, and stuff like that. Yeah, it was and, um thingy as well. Like we were just, all all I remember doing is just playing kick golf, playing like like uh, footy, playing touch, playing mm. all sorts, and like uh, what's it called, German bastards as well. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, we spoke yeah. about that last. Well, we'll no, ah. <laughs> we won't cover it again. It was ah. uh, a bit of mad that. But yeah, it's it's just the best week ever. It was I loved it. Yeah, it was really good. What was the sec? What was the second year's theme? Was it Elro? Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 See, that Which I, is pretty, I think it was pretty standard that year because I remember a lot of schools doing Elro like prom proms doing Elro theme like festival theme. I um, thought it was a solid one, me though. Yeah, it was a solid one because it's an easy one to go with. Do you know what? Yeah. Do you know what really stands out with me first year? And I don't know if I addressed. I don't think I addressed it in the last when we spoke about um, rugby ball. Uh, rugby ball, uh, uh, ball last time was that I nicked that me, Blake, and Ethan and Nickel decided to stay in a two-man tent, which we nicked from Niall. Oh. I was absolutely raging. I was looking for that for ages. I was it like, was left in the gone? field, and yeah, I think you left it up. And then me, me and me and was it me and Blake? I think me and Blake decided to move it. So then you couldn't, you didn't know where to where it was. So we stayed in it. <laughs> what did I even? What I can't even remember what happened to me after that. I actually, Wait. don't know. Where did I go? I don't, I know. don't know. I don't know. Was that, but then was, we... that, was that your second? Was that your second year ball? Was it? My that was my second of three. Yeah. That was our first year, Miguel. Yeah. Oh, man. that was the year I woke up on a toilet. You woke up on a toilet. You've not seen that video. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No. That was. All oh, right. <laughs> we're at Woody's house, and I, I got up to go to the loo, and then um, <laughs> fell asleep whilst I was. Oh, did it, was it Dave that took the video? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I remember watching it. I remember watching it. That was fun. Uh, that's yeah. uh, right, we're going to move on to some moving on a tiny bit to rugby dinner. So we all know what happened. Um, some <laughs> some experiences. We have addressed this in the past, but uh, now we have a few more people who who can kind of input on different awards. So what 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 awards was everyone up for? I think I got. I, I think I got a serious award. Um, I didn't get anything first year because I was obviously like only second team. I was yeah, quite, yeah, 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 quite... yeah. I think uh, yeah. Second second year, I, I I actually got a proper award. I got most improved player. Yeah. Um, which was actually which was a genuine award, which I um had to go up for on the stage at school for. So that's all I got. I just got a, a standard one. I thought you got um, I got um... some uh, other ones because I remember uh, me and you got put up for an award together. Oh, that's because of that Birkenhead situation. Yeah, uh, we'll go on to that in a got... minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, the yeah. was it the shit house award or something like that. I think so. Yeah, I think it was shit house award. I can't remember. Yeah, right. Go on, Mix. What were you saying? One. I got like a moodiest, the moodiest uh, c word. Yeah, one. I think it was. I think it was me, Snappy. Who else was it? I can't remember who else was it, but I remember we had to like. Oh, it's just ah. Uh... Was this first year or second year? My my first year one because we didn't get a second year one. Did you not get a second one either? No, COVID. Oh mate, how <laughs> oh, wounded oh, would you be? 
literally the week before we were drawing up plans on what to do and then next thing I was like oh school's cancelled you can so it was just all crap I was like oh rubbish oh well mate um, like, we literally had like I think the same same amount of awards you did I think we had a bit of extras but um, it looked like it was going to be a really good night but then yeah it was a bit, a bit disappointing to be honest yeah it would be but oh well it, it is what it is you know what I mean yeah Um. Right, Niall, I know you got the uh, the Fat Bastard Award. Yeah, world's fattest man. World's fattest and man. What, you was, did. The, what think... was the award for that, uh, Niall? What was, what, what was the forfeit or the punishment or whatever? Yeah, so I, I think I've mentioned before as well, but just to go over it again, I think it was like just like these row of sickly chocolates so you had to eat as fast as you could, then half a pint of... Bailey's Irish cream and it was absolutely Ooh. revolting especially when you've been drinking as well like I've been drinking like the lager the cider and I was all like gassed up and then ah oh, it was absolutely that second year it was you you Nickel I think Andy was involved Andy was, was involved Wait. yeah don't know how I wasn't <laughs> I'm thinking of no I'm thinking of your first year uh, First year was, was you and you and it Babs. Was me, it was me and Nicole and Babs. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, did I think me Andy? Yeah. Was. Andy was in the second one. There was a few yeah, in that was. second year because I remember the you. You know what really made me laugh? Um, so there was there was a few things that happened on that on that night regarding girls, which I'm not going to go into too much depth about. Oh, okay. what, are you sure? Well, no, I can't really because that's you know. Uh, well, anyway, some stuff happened in it on on that night, which we're not going to do. Yeah, it did, it but did, it did. the thing what really made me pissed my size laughing was the the fact that there was a, an award based around a girl if you remember oh oh and oh, it was just yeah. that there was that yeah, many yeah. people involved it was like oh <laughs> oh <laughs> that's, that's just ruthless though but like imagine if that person found out like really it's actually really bad when you think about it because it's like slander yeah. in it but oh well I think it was clear that one yeah, we'll stay clear of that one. But still, funny. It is yeah. funny. Um, also, the one what, which I really want, just want to address is, does everyone remember the one with, with the, the nappy? Yeah. Um, if you remember that. Um, yeah, of course I remember. It was, um, it was it, I don't know if I can say his name, because, well, I've already said it, it was Shanks. Oh, yes, I remember that one. Yeah. What, what year was this? Second, year. This happened in Your first friend. year, but no, it happened in the second. But it, it was in the second year that it happened. Uh, weren't oh, it? Yeah, I remember. But it was because a certain person shit himself. I'm not, I'm not saying who or whatever. Right, moving on. So, just going on to the fact. So you've had your rugby ball. You've had your, your not your rugby ball. Keep saying rugby ball. You've had your ball. You've had your rugby dinner. And stuff, but we all know we, there was some good nights out. Do you know, if even I was going Preston, Blackpool, um, there was a few times we went out into Liverpool. Um, so, what's your like your take on like the different nights out? You know, from over here to the Isle of Man. So I remember I went I went out to the Isle of Man. Uh, it was to see Blake, and it was me, Ethan. Was it me and Ethan? Yeah, it was me and Ethan. And we went and uh, seen Blake over then. We went on a night out, and I remember. Um, we was walking into a bar or something. It was like a pub kind of thing with just like a bit of music yeah, and stuff. Basically, it's just pubs, mate. 
<laughs> well, and I remember, I remember turning around to Blake and going, "Oh, so we're going to a club late?" And he went, "This is the club." <laughs> yeah. And I was like, "No, oh, right. so like, yeah. we've got a very kind of small nightlife. Um, like, I currently work in a bar. It's probably like the best, the better bar in the Alamo. It's like a club bar, like a discotheque type thing." I probably went into um, that. That's probably the place I went. And yeah, no, I, I really enjoy it. Obviously, I work there as well, which is even better. So I get a night out and I enjoy it and I get paid for it as well at the same time. Are you allowed to drink when you're in there? Um, I have the odd one, but obviously I have to drive home as well. So. All right, right, fair enough. That's fair. Um, yeah, no, so comparing it to the UK, the UK is just on like a different level because obviously you've got that many like different places when you're in a place like Kirk and you've got Preston you can go to you've got Blackpool you can go to you've got Lytham you can go to yeah uh, and then you've got like local pubs as well um, over here there's not really a massive kind of like nightlife it's more like a pub kind of thing like a bar yeah um, so in terms in terms of clubs and stuff it's not massive do you know That's what I people... just moving on to this just uh, what I can't wait for once everything goes back to normal and the first things that open are like pubs and I've already said this denial like going sitting in a beer garden <coughs> oh yeah mate, oh, mate. Like, I'm yeah. so buzzing for that like I, I'm going to get like, like I've already said I'm going to get the train up to Southport to just and just go sitting yeah. I might just sit like, by myself go on sorry you go when the Isle of Man opened up um, in June I actually went across the UK the day the Isle of Man opened to see my girlfriend yeah so like I came out of lockdown to go back into a lockdown like <laughs> after three months of being in a lockdown um, <laughs> I'd oh, seen man. videos of all my mates like in pubs and stuff and I'm like oh man really oh, then wow. I think like after a couple of weeks um, the UK started opening up again so you could go out and do the eat out to help out stuff so it wasn't too bad Um yeah, I think I went and bumped into a couple of lads in Preston and whatnot, and yeah. it was really good. Yeah, I just, I just can't wait just for that thing just yeah. to sit outside because last time, like when it was that help to buy and stuff, was that last year? When was that last year? Was that summer? Uh, that was the summertime. Yeah, to help out. Yeah. It was like towards the end, and I don't think it was. It was as hot as like mid, no, like proper midsummer, like it's going to be this time. And I just can't wait because it's just, I just, it's, I think it's just going to be sick. Like going back out, June, seeing everyone. Maybe. <laughs> I know, but yeah, go on. Uh, so, Migs, your take on like the nights out? So you you had a few, um, going yeah. at you know lad uh, nights out over here uh, compared to over there. So I think the best the best night out for me was um it was uh, Adam Spencer's 18th. So we all went down to the Wirral to have pre drinks and stuff like that, and I mean that was it quite decent as well. And then we hit Liverpool. I mean. That was probably the most memorable night I've had because of just Liverpool. There's a massive change from the old man to where it was. So um, the clubs were bigger, better, and um, it was just really busy. Like the nightlife was just insane. I yeah. thought I thought old man was busy until like saw Liverpool. I was like that's mad, yeah. and especially with um, some of the file boys as well. Fire boys club um, went on a few nights out with them and lived in and stuff like that. And it was pretty decent, actually, really good. Yeah. Um... Actually, I've never been to Liverpool. That's one place I want to go. Like once yeah. everything's back to oh, normal. Insane. Yeah. See, I've never been, so that might have to be a, a thing. Might have to do a, like yeah, a podcast. I've been, then... I've been Manchester, and I just didn't rate it really. I've been Manchester. It's just really expensive. 
Yeah, like I paid seven quid for a bottle of Budweiser on the Deansgate lock thing. Jesus oh, that's absolutely Christ. shocking. Isn't it? No. Like, and they were like, yeah, we don't do pints. I was like, what? And I had to pay seven quid for a bottle. I was like, mad. That's well expensive. No. See, I just, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm, I don't know. Well, I, I need to try Liverpool out, so that could be a, a thing for the future. Right, so. Like some places are good. Yeah, I think it just depends where you go, really, innit? See, I, I rate yeah. Preston as a night out, but then everyone turns around and goes, it's shit. <laughs> I, think, it's, I think it's good if you go to the right places. It's, yeah. it's got its uses, Preston, definitely. Like, you've got, you've got, what's it called? It used to be called Rift. I think they've called it Rewind Now or something. Mm. Um, Rift was a, Rift was only like a bar, but it was like, it was where I had more DJ. Um, it was a good, good little, good little bar, that was a good vibe. And then I thought, I thought switching a vocal class yeah, but like Beluga was a heavy one because literally you had to be wearing like a thousand pound trainers to get in. Like it was ridiculous. Oh yeah, or oh, you had to wear your yeah, you had to wear like proper shoes, didn't you? Which yeah, that's yeah. fine. That's normally what happens with a lot of clubs. But they were like that nitpicky. Like I remember we had to. Well, it, it was for my birthday. It was for my birthday. And no, whoa, whoa, whoa. are we talking about the swap swapping of fucking um, yeah, like the jumpers? Yeah. No, so I remember that. So. It was I was wearing a jumper, and I had to give my jumper to Nickel. So we fucking stretched it, where I weren't happy about in the first place. But <laughs> it's because he was wearing a bloody Ralph Lauren, you know the one with the teddy bear. Yeah. yeah, yeah then yeah. they won't let him in because you're not allowed like any big thing, which I don't get. So like I had a they don't let people in with Kenzo either. So I had a uh, a yeah, Kenzo. I had a Kenzo top on. We went with Charlie and that, and they were like, nah. So we went to switch and had a class night and switch instead. Yeah, I was just like, why? Why are you not allowed? Like, what? What? What's the harm of letting someone in with a Kenzo t-shirt? Right, I really. It should have looked like a chav when I went in with one on. Oh, it's like, but they're expensive though, aren't they? Yeah. It's like anything with big writing, but like I remember. Uh, this was a separate occasion I went out with Joe I think or it was some I don't know I can't remember but we went out and I was wearing a Gucci t-shirt and it, do you know the ones with the massive Gucci writing on yeah and they still um, wouldn't let me in because they said it looked chavy but it was um, it was it's the t-shirt I've never wore it again because uh, to be honest I don't really like it but it was like a £240 t-shirt yeah it's ridiculous and you're saying it's it looks chavy I'm sorry, but yeah, it's just stupid. It really pisses me off that. But um, and that's why oh, I was just gonna say my fashion sense came into play because I just wore plain black and you know just the most awful like clothes <laughs> in the world. But I got in anyway. So I was like, oh, yeah, mate. You dressed like your dad. But I did look absolutely shocking. You do. Speaking of lights out though, Niall, do you remember uh, my new Shields' 18th? Oh, how could I forget? When we were in Lisbon, <laughs> we, we bumped into a, a certain rugby um, player on the night out. Oh, of course, yeah. A, a very big cool. rugby player. And I was absolutely astonished as well. And yeah. I, I was absolutely... I was off my cake as well. I was just smashed. <laughs> I had uh, so much to drink. I was like, oh my God, that's <laughs> actually him. Do you remember that lad who um, knocked his kebab out of his hand and he made oh, him yeah. another one and he bought him two? <laughs> Yeah, but that's what you, that's what you do, isn't you? That's yeah, exactly yeah. what I do. He went, uh, he went, and he was like, he was like, oh, I'll buy you another one, and then came back with two kebabs for him. Ah, uh, <laughs> no, it's just hilarious, mate. Actually, hilarious. Then oh. we jumped in, we jumped in the taxi with uh, my missus and her mate, and paid the taxi fare. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I that. Awesome. It's just. In terms of like those nights out in general, because obviously 
those Preston, Manchester, living sort of nights out. So anyway, I always associate them with me like still learning how to properly get down drink and just yeah. always been blackout drunk. Always just like seven, eight times out of ten, I'll have a blackout moment. I can't remember where I am. Next thing you know, I wake up. Like, how the hell am I back here? Yeah. But do not regret it one bit. I think I think also it makes it with the nights out like when you go out with the rugby lads you know you're up for a good night you you know you're having a good night like I know oh, uh, so yeah. some of the lads who are you know from round here like who not really associate with rugby it's kind of like I don't know the the night kind of goes stale because it's like the same thing and I think you just have that kind of bond because like Babs was saying it the other week like you're basically going on a pitch. You even if you don't even like friends with someone like or you don't even like them or something on your own team you still stick up for them in in, in on the pitch don't you it's just a thing you always yeah, do yeah. Yeah. Um, so you know you can go on a night out and enjoy it because these lads have literally put their like body on the line because they are in a sense they are putting the bodies on the line to to you know to to win the game to get the opposition you know, to get over the opposition so but I think. I, de- I definitely kind of agree that a better night out is when you have go on with like you know like with teammates and stuff. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I agree right. with that. Moving on to our final conclusion. So, Corkish, I know I know you did um, a pod- uh, not a podcast, a webinar for me about uh, I think it was the tips to become professional or that kind of thing, and talking about your um, how you adapted from being a scrum half to a hooker. Uh, but we just I'm just going to just ask you really like what. What was your kind of thoughts, your thought process going into that? Did you think it was going to work as um, well as it was going to, or? Yeah, so I I played. I only played. Started playing rugby when I was in year seven, so I was just turning twelve. So I was eleven, twelve years old, um, and I played everywhere. I played like scrum half, fly half, played on the wing if I needed to. I mean, I'm not the quickest of people, but you know, everyone everyone plays everywhere when they're ten, eleven, twelve years old, don't they? So, um. I was just kind of thrown in anywhere and then I found my position at Scrum Half, ended up playing um, Cheshire Year 10, Cheshire Year 11, moved to Kirkham, was playing Scrum Half and then I think at the time we had like four different Scrum Halves and we only had, what, two hookers really and one of them played back row, um, I think that was Henry, so yeah. Um, basically the... the Warden House Master approached me and said, Oh, we think you'd be suited to doing hooker. So I I went, All right, okay. And I didn't think too much of it because I thought, Nah, nah, I'm a better scrum half than I am as a hooker. And moved to hooker in the January. And then obviously we went on tour in the summer, in the June, July. Um, played my first game at hooker there. And then I never really looked back. I really enjoyed it. Um, put on a bit more weight than I was because I think I moved when I was like 85 kegs and now mm. I'm sitting at like your top 90s but yeah but no it is it was a good transition I, I still enjoy my rugby I think I'm a I think I enjoy it more now because I'm better at the position I'm doing so yeah. I'm playing at a higher level um, I'm able to play men's rugby at the position I'm playing which I might not have been able to do at scrum half Um I think it's just suited to how I play as well. Like, I yeah, think so. it. I think it'll go into favour with you as well because I used to play ten, like when yeah. I was younger, and then I had changed into a second row. That you kind of yeah. take skills from that that from your old position into your new position. So you're quite a skillful. I would say you're quite a skillful player on the ball, 
Um, yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. it's kind of I took, I took yeah. my, my passing ability and my like kind of my knowledge and my tactical ability of how to play. Yeah, and I kind of incorporated that with being a forward yeah I think also your game management as well because you'll read the game completely different to a bog standard hooker so yeah exactly like nowadays you've got look at your Luke Cowan Dickies look at your Malcolm Marxes yeah they all play like a second sorry not a second back row a third flanker Mm -hmm. so you've almost it's almost as if you haven't got three front row on the pitch anymore yeah the more versatile we can more. Yeah, that's how I'm trying to adapt my game and develop my game. So I'm I'm trying to be everywhere as much as I can. Yeah. Um, whilst also being that option to give a twenty yard spin pass or be able to pop a short one or a dummy or anything like that. Yeah. Well, so like it, when I'm coaching, my my kind of ethos is being unpredictable. Like yeah. you don't want to be in the situation where you're really easy to read, um. So being unpredictable gives you that edge over different players, and I think that's definitely what it comes to when it comes to you, because t- t- truthfully, even like, even though you can, you're seeing a lot of like front row who can who can pass and everything, and really you re- you do want that on the field, right? But you really yeah. sometimes you're like, oh, they're just going to take it in as a you know just a short ball, or they're just going to just uh, be really basic. So that unpredictability goes a long way especially on the pitch look at, look at that fella the other week, uh, the other week. Um, is it Jeff Tumang or Allen he did a 50 yard run after stepping in inside centre he's a prop yeah <laughs> proud he's, a, he's like a 31 year old uh, you reminded Zealand. me of Niall <laughs> he stepped I think he stepped um, it might have been who was it, it might have been Henry Slade or something Oh, stepped really... inside an England centre and ran 50 yards up the pitch gave a pass and they scored off it yeah like, and he's a prop he's a prop forward and he's a classic prop forward it's not as if he's changed much about his game he's obviously changed with the times but mm-hmm. he's a he's a very very good prop at the same time so. yeah I think yeah I think you're hitting it the head like definitely I de- definitely agree with that uh, so Migs just your point as well now so uh, final final few little closing uh, moments just like how you had to change because I know you came to Kirkham as a prop yeah um, and then then well I, I didn't know actually you transitioned to a second row um, so yeah, yeah kind of what, what kind of was your your thought process about that so at first uh, prop because I was actually quite as bigger than what I am now so um, I think over the summertime after first year I lost a lot of weight because I was like oh, I need to do something about my weight so I lost a fair bit and then um, went back to school uh, fitting than what I was and then also a bit skinnier than what I was so um, the the coach was like to me oh um, how about moving to second row because there's actually quite a lot of props as well so like quite a few props playing in Sale Academy so I was thinking yeah. I've got no chance there then so um, it's either stick up prop and try and suffer a bit or adapt to a second position so I thought I'd give it a go you know what why not so um, moved on to second row but then with second row I started playing a little bit of six as well six but not seven because I'm not quick enough for seven yet so um, started playing those positions and um, at first it was it was kind of difficult to adapt to it trying to get the right positionings and um, obviously I spoke to some of the boys like Blake who left Kirkham um, on what to do and especially when I came home for Douglas trainings as well he helped me a bit with what to do with the trade with um, second row positioning and everything like that 
And then um, it was just really the same thing as Joe, just adapting, moving my skills into what I've learned from prop to second row. And um, yeah, I found, I found it very beneficial, beneficial to what I'm, my game now is. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm, I'm quicker than what I was last year. I'm fixing what I was last year. It's always about improving, which I found, you know, with gym and fitness and all of that, it's really helped as well yeah. to adapt into that position. For sure. Um, yeah, I, I think I think we've all come to that kind of um, idea of being able to, you know, transition and develop ourselves as a player. And it's like, it, like Joe and like you, makes it's like it's it's taking action and actually doing it, like going to the gym, doing your extras, or even Joe, like for your arrows and stuff, like you spent hours outside doing that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's making like it's it's putting your putting your actually mind to it and actually doing it because it's it's easier said than done just going oh I'm just going to become a 10 or I'm going to go play fullback or I'm just going to change into a prop and eat loads you know what I mean but it's, it takes a lot yeah. of skill to do that um, and effectively as well um, I think also which one thing what kind of sticks into me so when I went when I was at uh, Swinton doing a bit of well, when I was at rugby league and stuff um, I was playing more of a centre than a second row um, and I think I've took that kind of ability now as a centre in a rugby league kind of environment, which is a completely different sport. Like I know people tell me I say it's very similar because it's the you know same ball and everything. And but play being able to play rugby league um, is it's really hard. Do you know what I mean? It's a completely different game. It, it it requires more you know the contact itself and the the fitness as well. That that that's massive. Uh, so I definitely took a lot of like kind of core values from that and trying to change it into the way I play at rugby union now. So I, I'm more of a um, well, I, I would always say like probably maybe a skillful second row, but I've really tried to pr- like practice my offload, which kind of helped playing the centre rugby league. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, right, Niall as well. I know you've never really changed positions, but yeah. What does it take to become a beast like you? Been a bowling ball this whole life, haven't you? Uh, you have well, been a bowling ball. Well, um, a right. sexy the bowling ball. That SMA ball on milk was different for Niall. (laughs) (laughs) But, no, but in all seriousness, I started off actually as a hooker. And, yeah, I started off as a hooker, but I was never... I thought he was going to say winger then. I started off as a winger. (laughs) I started off as a winger, yeah. No, but honestly, I enjoyed hooker and stuff, and it was a good position, like, to get some core skills in it, but... When I moved to prop, you know, I got I was putting size on quite qu- more quickly than other lads my age, and I thought, you know what, like this is um, this is position for me. And then I realised, like growing up, you just you're learning core skills anyway, aren't you? You're um, you're, you're passing, you you whatever, like you're running in with the ball, you're catching and all that stuff. But then your core skills, and then obviously you're learning lifting, you're learning scrummaging. But then I discovered to set myself apart as a prop from others I had to do as you said the extras so you know getting in the gym doing you know scrum related ex- like exercises like for my neck doing bear crawls for my core just stuff like that and then just you know practicing life as a prop inside and out so eating the right well obviously I have the license to eat a lot so I did but obviously not so much that it renders me Immovable because for modern props nowadays it's important to be mobile, skillful, and then still be powerful in close contact situations such as the ruck 
scrum and then you know powerful shoulders for the line out and I just wanted to I didn't it was never my never my intention to be that flashy but I want to do long passes I want to be able to have those skills in my arsenal so say for like so even back in school days like when sevens training came along I really enjoyed that because it gave me a chance to develop skills I normally wouldn't that I could take into my 15s game and yeah, so in short, what it takes to be a prop is, you know, not just get your head guard on, get your tape on them and just headbutt each other in the scrum. You've got to think outside the box. Fair enough. Awesome. Right, so we're coming up to, I think I think we're over an hour now. Um, final things, okay. Uh, so just one word from Bo- from all of you. Um, I'll go first. Um Oh, not really one word, but like a couple of words of how you like to play rugby. So, like, as a coach, I want uh, my players to kind of be, you know, really, like, like I said, unpredictable, but really off the ball. I like to see open play, uh, reading the game. Um, it's a quite, quite expansive rugby. Uh, so, just kind of, uh, you know, expand on that one. He wants to go. Yeah. Uh, um, go on, go on now, you go first. I was just going to say, relentless. Just in whatever you do, just be relentless. Like don't don't give up till the last last minute. Just keep pushing. Nice. Megs. I'd say aggression and patience. Nice. And Joe? Yeah, I'd agree with Niall, kinda of like keep going, keep going hard. Um don't expect everything to come to you too quick. You've gotta work for it. Um it may take six months, it may take six years, you never know. So yeah. Perfect. Perfect. That's a, I, I think that's quite a good, uh, a nice final thought to to leave it on there. But uh, thank you, uh, boys, for jumping on this one. Um, it's been, I, I think it's been quite a good one this week. You know, ne- never a problem. Really enjoyed that. No worries. Uh, so hopefully this will be uploaded tomorrow about four o'clock. Um, but I might have to spend a bit of time editing because, you know there was a few little points anyway but yeah perfect anyway yeah <laughs> but uh perfect thank you for watching uh or listening in fact uh so this will be on spotify and also anchor uh, but it'll be uh through uh facebook so you can be able to uh listen to it and uh so yeah thank you for watching and listening and uh we'll see you next time